Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. And let's get into the Word of God. Amen. Anybody ready for the Word of the Lord? Amen. So this is what we are starting today uh, at all of our campuses. We're starting a series called Discover Life. And, and, and we're going to be talking about the spiritual journey. I, I, I love the video that Nancy and I came up to early too, but I love that video of Shirley telling about how she's on a journey. I, I, I want you to know that I'm still on a journey. Is anybody still on a journey? We're all on a journey to find what God wants for our life. And, and at Life Church, this is the way that we believe that God moves us through this journey and it goes over and over. It's a cycle that happens in our life over and over again where we know God, where we find freedom, where we discover life and where we make a difference. And so we're going to take each portion of this journey that we believe the Lord has called us to walk in, and I'm gonna preach about it over the next four weeks, counting this week, the, uh, the rest of this month. And, and, and I, I really believe that there is a best life that you can live. Everybody say a best life. Now, I don't believe that the best life is something that you find by going to Target three times a week, amen. I know some of you do that. God bless you. I'm praying for you, but, but uh, I don't think you can find it by going to Target three times a week. I, uh, I, I see a lot of husbands looking at their wives right now. Men, you know you're going to Home Depot three times a week, so I'm, I'm, I'm about to preach in this place this morning. It's important for us to know uh, that, that there is a best life that God wants us to live. And that best life is not something that we create. I, I admire people that are ambitious. I admire people that are entrepreneurial. I admire people that, that get things done. But, but truly, nothing in this world can satisfy what our real life purpose is because when God created us and when God planned our life, he had a purpose for us. For us. We are his masterpiece, a work of his hands, and he has prepared us for good works that he had already set in place before we even entered into the world. That's the best life that I could ever live is the life that God created me to live. Now, I'm not saying that the best life is the life that is not without struggles or the life that's not without challenges because that's not part of the promise that God gave us. However, he did give us this promise promise in the book of John chapter 10 and 10, the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But guess what I've done? I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's the life I'm talking about. That abundant life, that best life that God has for you to live, that best life where you fulfill what God wants to take place in your soul and fulfill what God wants to take place in your life, amen. And so I believe that the first place that we really walk into this best life that I could ever live is to truly know God. Everybody say, know God. Now, I'm not talking about knowledge about God. 
because there's a lot of people in this world that have knowledge about God. And it can be very, the, uh, uh, it can just be something that is uh, statistics or, or, or maybe uh, a certain types of facts that you know, or, or maybe some type of theological truth that you know about God, about his nature, about the attributes of God, and, and about maybe the creation. Maybe you can talk about the creation or, or other things that, that happen with God, maybe even redemption, but that doesn't mean that you actually know God. You see, knowledge of God goes beyond just cataloging facts to, 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 to a place of developing a relationship with God. We, we've all been to that place before where we just catalog facts, right? I mean, every, I don't know how many of you remember high school, but I mean, that's basically what high school was. I got to memorize these facts so I can pass this test to go on to the next one. Or was that just me? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm feeling bad now. I, I better go back and do some studying. But anyway, we know what that's like just to get through something, just to know something. And it's not something that really sinks into our mind or into our heart. It's just something that we remember for a time so that we can move forward. And I, I think that a lot of people, that's how their knowledge of God is. I, I know that that was the way it was for me when I was a child. I went to Sunday school. I came to church. I memorized scriptures. And, and it was it was easy for me to say this about God and that about God and that about God until I really begin to seek to know him in a way of friendship, in a way of relationship. I mean, think about how many times God referred to himself as our father or Jesus talked to us about how we were his friend or his family or about how we're adopted in. That is so far different than just knowing facts. It is something that should be intimate. It's something that should be deep. It's something where we need to learn to develop a relationship with our creator. Is anybody thankful that you know your creator? Is anybody thankful that you know who your Lord is, who your father is, who your savior is? I'm thankful for that. And that's why it's important to know God. And the knowledge of God, really knowing him, doesn't come just from reading, just from studying, just from hearing. I, I, I've talked to people that had a lot of knowledge of God, but didn't have really a knowing of who God was. You see, it's important for us to know God, and, and that type of knowledge comes from walking with him. It comes from him being a part of my life. Every day I have him as a part of my life. It, it comes from me thinking about God. Anybody just ever spend any time thinking about God? You need to. You need to spend time thinking about God. You need to spend time drawing close to him, of talking to him. Anybody pray this week? We need to pray. We need to talk to God. We, we need to worship him. Does anybody ever sing in your car when nobody else is around? I'm telling you right now, our cars could be the greatest praise place in our life. Amen. And we need it when we're driving down the freeways of Houston. Every once in a while, we need to say, thank you, Jesus. Or help me, Jesus. <laughs> it's important to praise him. I challenge you, when you get in your car tomorrow and you're on your way, don't listen to what the Astros did last night. They're probably going to win, so that just relieves a lot of pressure right there. Don't, don't think about uh, uh, what Texas is going to do next week against Alabama. I wish I wouldn't even mention that. Amen. 
Here's what you do. Get in the car and start letting praise come out of your mouth. Start worshiping him and letting him come close to you. You see, knowledge of God goes beyond merely understanding the truth about God. It's when I start applying that truth to my life. It's easy for you to say, oh, I know who God is. God is love. But it's something completely different when you start walking in the love of God. When you start walking and letting God's love come deep into your heart and into your life and permeate you, your, your, your way of living so much so that, that you begin to love people. Amen. I just want to say a word right here. Some of you need to just learn to love people. Amen. Because that's what God is and that's what the knowledge of God does. Knowledge of God comes from listening to God. It comes from hearing him speak through his word, not reading three chapters because it's the allotted portion that I'm going to read today, but reading to the place where it speaks to my heart. I'm, 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 I love Bible reading plans. I, I go through writing, uh, Bible reading plans all the time, but I'm going to tell you something that is more important than Bible reading plans is when we're staying in the word long enough where the Bible starts reading us back where the Bible starts talking to us, where God starts speaking to our heart. I'm talking about knowing God. I'm, I'm talking about moving beyond knowledge of God to where I get to the place of really knowing who God is. And, and this is what our desire should be. If, if we're really a follower of Jesus Christ, if, if we're really someone who believes that God has a purpose for my life. Let, let's just stop right there and let me ask the question. Is there anybody in this room that you believe that God has a purpose for your life? I, I want to see your hand. If you really believe that God has a purpose for your life, then this is what I would encourage you to do. Get to know him. Spend time with him. And, and as somebody that's wanting to find the purpose of our life, then our greatest desire should to be able, able to move from merely knowing about God to really knowing him, to really moving into that place where we have the relationship with him that he is calling us to, that best life. And, and here is the good news. I, I think we all like good news, don't we? Here is the good news. The good news is that I can know God because he's already pursuing me first. He already wants me to know him. He's already trying to reveal himself to me in so many areas of my life. If I will just open my spiritual eyes and see what God wants for my life. I think, I know, I think you know what I'm talking about. I think everybody in this room at one time or another, you've been surprised about how close God has been to you in the time of trouble. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You get into the middle of a battle and you're wondering what are you going to, what, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? And, and before you know it, God has showed up and has helped you and delivered you. I've been delivered folks. And I know it's Labor Day weekend and I, I, I've been so thankful to watch the Houston campus and how even though we took a portion of people out to go to League City, the attendance here has not only stayed the same, it's actually risen some. Isn't that pretty amazing? I'm thankful for that. 
I'm thankful for what God is doing. Now, I know today is Labor Day and, and I know that a lot of people are off and traveling and that's okay, I'm happy for them. But, but for everybody that's here, why don't we just make up our mind, we're gonna just go ahead and have church. Since we came, we're gonna go ahead and have church. And, and one of the things that we do is when we're having churches is we give ourselves completely to the Lord and, and know that because he is pursuing us, I can pursue him. Because he is looking for me, I can look for him and I can find him and I can know who he is, amen. I can know him. I can know him first of all and obviously through the life of Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh. I know a lot of people look at the God of the Old Testament and they miss uh, catalog what he really was and what he was trying to accomplish. They, they see this thing and this thing and they think about how cruel he is and, and how judgmental he is when all of the time God was trying to show his love and bring people to him. And then finally, the real living of, of what God was was manifest in Jesus Christ. This is what John said in John chapter 114, we beheld the glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full, Father full of grace and truth, talking about Jesus. So you wanna know who God is, just look who Jesus is. Look at the compassion, the love. This, let me read John chapter 14, verse six and seven. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. Hey, disciples, this is the last meal with them. And he's telling them, if you would have known me, if you would have really watched me, you, you would know what the father is. In other words, hey, guys, do you remember when we were going through Jericho and, and those blind men cried out because they were so full of desperation? And, and I turned and I stopped and I, I told the rest of the crowd to be quiet and I healed them. That's what God is. Hey, hey, disciples, do you remember that time when, when that leper came out of the, uh, of the hills and, and came as close as he could and, and started crying out, Jesus, have mercy upon me. And when I asked him what he wanted, he said, well, I, I want to be clean. Do you remember how I touched someone that had leprosy, something that was forbidden, something that seemed to be outside of anything that anyone should ever do. Do you remember that? And how he was healed and his flesh became whole and he went to the priest and showed him. Do you remember that? That's what God is. That's the power of God. That's the love of God. And, and so I know him because I know who Jesus is. And, and Jesus concluded that verse by saying, and from now on you will know him and you have seen him. You've seen God manifest in the flesh. You've seen the actions of the mighty God of heaven. I, I'm thankful that I know who God is. I'm thankful that he is a compassionate God. Somebody say it with me, God loves me. Come on, let's say it, God loves me. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. This isn't a God that's far away from us. This isn't a God that is a stranger to us. This isn't a God that's just watching for us to mess up so he can put a zapping on us. No, no, no. Oh, my foot started stomping. Y'all might be in trouble now. I, I listen, he is a God who loves us and cares about us and reaches for us and will never leave us nor forsake us. That's who our God is. And I don't know about you, but that's the God I wanna know. That's the God 
I want to know. This is what Paul said when he wrote to the church in Philippi. And I don't want to take this scripture out of context. I want to give you the understanding of what he was saying. He was saying, once I was a Pharisee and I did all of these things and I followed all of these rituals and I followed all of these laws. And then he comes down and he says in verse number seven, I once thought that these things were valuable. <laughs> My goodness. He's saying, I thought these religious things were valuable. I think that's something that a lot of us could take a testimony to. There was once a time I thought some religious things were valuable. I, I thought that that was the way that I was going to get to God. But, but this is what he says. But now I, choose, I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. L listen to this next verse. Yea, Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite, infinitive value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. You're talking about the best life you could ever live. It's not all of the things that are out there. It's not all of the things that you accumulate. It's not what you have in your garage or what type of garage is on your house. It doesn't matter what kind of job or what kind of title is after. If you have them, God bless you. If you have the titles, God bless you. I'm not saying that I'm against those. This is what I'm saying, that while we may think that those are important in the flesh, they don't even compare to the worth of knowing who Jesus Christ is. They don't even compare with knowing who our Lord and our Savior is. I've counted it as garbage, Paul says. Paul, uh, Charles Spurgeon was a great pastor uh, of the Metropolitan Church in London a couple of hundred years ago, and, and he, he was a master preacher. This is what he said about uh, the value of knowing Jesus Christ. He said, spiritual knowledge of Christ will become a personal knowledge. I must know him on my own account. Anybody have parents that have prayed for you? Let me see the hands of everybody that had parents pray for you. Had a mom and a dad and a grandparent. I, I, I uh, preached a, a funeral in Sherman, Texas on Friday, my second cousin. And um, when we went to the cemetery, I, I walked by my great grandparents' um, headstones. There's a little town. They're all buried right there. Uh, I had my grandparents there, my great aunts, my cousins, all that have gone on before me. And, and I got to thinking about how much they love God and how, how they went to church and how that's part of my uh, heritage is that they were the ones that came into church and, and really introduced my family to church. It's beautiful. I love that. But I'm going to tell you something right now. They have not done anything that I can say, okay, now I know God because of my grandparents. I had to know him for myself. And that doesn't mean I'm not thankful for my grandparents, my great grandparents. I'm thankful for the times that they love God and they serve God. I'm thankful for my parents and how they gave themselves to the work of the Lord. But this is what spiritual knowledge must be. It must become personal. 
I have to know him on my own account. It's it's going to be intelligent knowledge. I must know him, not not just as the visionary dreams. uh, uh, Sister Patricia was talking to me today. Not just knowing about something that happened in my past, but knowing for this moment, knowing for how God reveals himself. It it has to be an affectionate knowledge. I, I need to know him. I must love him. It must be a satisfying knowledge. When I know my Savior, my mind will be full to the brim. And, and, and the last thing that Spurgeon said, it must be exciting knowledge. The more I know of my beloved, the more I shall want to know. Logan, are you going to preach with me today? <laughs> Listen, the Lord's just put it in him and, and he's full. Of, look, he's got a microphone too. Logan, come here, bud. Well, you know what? God is good. Let let me ask you something. That reminds me, Gabby, be be sweet now. Be sweet. When we were on Broadway years ago, there was a, I I wish I could remember who the boy was, but uh, he had been acting up in church. And, and his mother grabbed him and took him out. And as he was going down the aisle, he was saying, church, pray for me. This woman is going to kill me. Can we rewind just a moment and go back before Logan? And I want to talk about the exciting knowledge. The more I know of my beloved, the more I want to know him. Listen, I want you to be excited about knowing God. I want you to be excited about living for God. I don't want you to be a mumble, measly mouth Christian that stands in the corner and when somebody asks you, yeah, I'm a Christian. I I really love Jesus. I want you to wear it proud. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people in this world that are saying a lot of things loud and they're very proud of who they are. But I'm gonna tell you something right now. I am proud that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am proud and excited that he is my redeemer and that he has saved me and healed me. Somebody give me a testimony that you're excited about what God has done. This is what I think. I think you ought to be excited about the sun coming up because you know, look, that's what my God has done. And from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, he is worthy to be praised. My goodness. Well, Houston, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm just now starting to preach. My goodness. Good thing is it's Labor Day. Y'all don't have anywhere to go. So just stick with me another 15 or 30 minutes, who knows? How do I know God? So that's, how, that, that's the question, how do I know him? Well, well, the first thing, if I really want to know him, turn to your neighbor, say, if you really want to know him, you have to love him. You have to love him. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, 34 through 37. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then 
one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I, I, I think Jeanette has already talked about that today. We, that's where we start. We just started loving him. We just fall in love with him. And Jesus doesn't use the word love here just as one of those, oh, slap hand on the back. Man, it's good to see you. One of those strong affections that you feel for somebody that you see every three or four months or three or four years. As I preached that funeral on, uh, on Friday, I, I saw cousins that I haven't seen in 50 years, folks. <laughs> made me feel so old. And, and I knew that they were old, but it made me feel old too. And, and you know what? I, I love them. I love them because of the affection that I have for the family, for, for knowing that we're part of the same family. But the truth is, I don't really know them. They don't really know me. And that's not what Jesus is saying here. It's not when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He's not talking about a strong affection. He, he uses the word there, agape. It's the, the Greek word that has a, a very distinctive meaning, and it refers to a deep love and a love that is demonstrated. It was easy for me to tell some of my cousins, I love you, knowing that I may not ever see them again. I mean, the truth is I haven't seen them in 50 years. Unless there's another funeral that brings us all together, we're probably not going to see each other. I know that's sad, but life goes on. I have my own grandkids. I, I, I don't have the time to go see them, and they don't have the time to come see me. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, there's nothing I can do about that, but... There is something that I can do about loving God. I can demonstrate that love every day. Let there be a praise in my heart, oh God, for you. Don't let me ignore you. Don't let me forget you. Don't let me put you on the side. Let me love you. Let me demonstrate that love for you. Uh, I want to love him with all my heart. That's the center of me, my inner man. I want to love him with all of my soul, the, the character of my life. I want to I love him with all of my, my mind, my thoughts, my reasonings, my beliefs. You see, this is what happens. When you love something or somebody, you want to know everything about them. My, my first love was basketball. And you know what I wanted to know about basketball? Everything. I would buy magazines. I would buy books. I would read player, um, all about the players, all the details, where they went to high school, how tall they were. I, and I was just a walking uh, dictionary. I could talk about this team and that team. I, I love to play. I would go find a game everywhere I could go, play with all different types of places, play ball, play ball, play ball. I loved it. I got to know it. I got to, it got to be part of my life. It was a fleeting part of my life. Uh, in case you didn't know, I, I never was a professional basketball player. I know some of you are under that impression, but I wasn't. <laughs> but I wanted to know it. The first real love of my life was Nancy Sharon Offord, who lived on Offord Hill in North Bend, Mississippi. And I remember calling her and talking on the phone till three and four and five o'clock in the morning, 
just to have to get up in two hours to go to work because I wanted to know everything about her. And we would just sit on the phone. Sometimes we'd just sit and listen to each other breathe for a while. Full disclosure, I proposed to her before I ever went on a date with her. And she said no, but that's all right. I won. I wanted to know everything about her. And, and, and this is what we need to understand about uh, God. To know God and, and to really know him is to love him. Is there anybody in this place that loves God? Let me just, you, you know why you love him is because you've sought after him. To, to know him is to love him. But, but the opposite of that is true. To love him is to know him because I've loved him. I've seen his power at work in my life. I've seen his healings at work in my life. I've seen the miracle of time that has taken place in my life because I have faithfully walked with him throughout my life. And this is what I have seen over and over again I have seen the blessings of God. Now, now let, me, let me say something here while this family has gone out because I don't want to embarrass them. A lot of you wonder what's going on and why is that always hand clapping and why is there always those sounds coming? The, the, the young man that uh, is in the back is severely autistic. He loves God so much. And when you hear him clapping and praying and, and being loud when, when we all think that it's inappropriate, can I tell you what he's doing? He's worshiping God in the only way that he knows how. And that's what I love about Life Church is that people come in like that and we just make them, I, I want him to feel at home. I want him to worship God. He may not be able to look me in the eye, and he may not be able to hold a conversation with me. And he's in a wheelchair with his parents so faithfully watch after him. But I love when I'm sitting on the front row and I start hearing him worship in his own way because he's feeling the presence of the almighty God. I just want to say that because I know a lot of times we don't know what's going on and I want you to understand what's going on when you start hearing those hand claps and, and hearing him worship God. Thank God for him and thank God that his heart is towards you. I don't understand it, but I know that God does. First way I really low love God is I get to know God as I love him. The second way is I get to love others because in that same passage, Jesus said in the second is like unto this, you shall know your neighbor, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is how John said it in first John four, seven and eight, beloved, let us love one another. Everybody say love one another. I'm in first John chapter four now, but beloved, let us love one another for love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Now I want you to look at verse number eight. He who does not love, read that with me, does not know God for God is love. Listen, check your heart. If you're having problems loving people around you, you might need to think about how much God loves you. 
And you might need to start opening your heart up and saying, Lord, how can I be a recipient of so much love and yet not show love to people around me? Love has a double relationship with God. It's only by knowing God that we can learn to love and it's only by loving that we can learn to know God. Love comes from God and love leads to God. Amen. So I I need to love God with all my heart. Everybody say love God. But I also need to love people. I I need to learn to love people. I need to put aside any type of uh, uh, prejudice. I need to put aside any type of hatred. I need to put aside any type of disdain that I might have for anyone else. And I need to love people. The third thing is I have to walk with him. You know, um, it's important to walk with God because when we walk with God, this is what happens. We see what's really important. The, the disciples had that many times. Many times they were walking with God and there were disruptions that they didn't like. They didn't like the kids sitting on his lap. They uh, send these people away. They're hungry. We can't take care of them. Uh, tell, tell them to be quiet. Tell that woman to be quiet, Lord. She, she shouldn't be hollering at you like that. Over and over again, they were disrupted uh, with their schedule and they didn't like it. And Jesus over and over again said, oh no. No, 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 no. You you, you don't get it, buddy. This is what I'm here for. This is why I'm walking on the earth. And, And this is what happens when I really walk with Jesus. He stops me for those important moments that I don't recognize as important. Because I'm all about the schedule of the day and I'm all about getting here and getting there. And then the Lord says, oh, wait, wait right here. Because there's one of my children that I want you to minister to. Oh, my Lord, help us. Help me to walk with him. The the disciples saw what was important. This is what Paul said in Colossians 1, 9 through 11. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard of you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better, we also pray that you will be strengthened with this glorious power so you may have all the endurance and patience you need. You, you see, it's walking with Jesus. I'm growing and I'm learning to know him. And, and when we walk, it's important that when we walk, we're going in the same direction. I can't walk with Jesus when he's headed that way and I'm headed this way. And not only do I have to make sure I'm going in the same direction, I have to make sure that I go at the same pace that the Lord moves in. See, this is the problem. Many of us are living our life at such a fast pace that we're not slowing down to match the pace of Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And when he said, follow me, he wasn't jumping in a jet to fly across the world. He was taking a walk. It was a three-year walk. And as he walked, the disciples walked with him. I I, I read an article not long ago, and it talked about how we need to love the three-mile-a-minute God. Everybody say three-mile-a-minute God. Because we live in such a fast-paced world, we don't realize that... Now, now there, there may be some differences in the room, 
But most of us walk three miles an hour. We just get out and walk. We're going to probably do about three miles an hour. Some of us a little more, some of us a little less. That's the speed that the Lord walks at. And he just wants us to do life with him. So I have to not only go in the direction he's going in, but I have to match the pace of the Lord in my life. I have to talk to him and, 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 and let my attention be on him. There are times when Nancy and I walk together and I'm on the phone. And we may walk half a mile when I'm answering emails or whatever. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm not spending any quality time with her. I, I've got to put things down. And many times when we walk, we have some of our best conversations, conversations about things that are important to us. It's the same thing with God. Keep in step with him. Everybody say, love God, love others, walk with him. And the last thing, and I'm closing, if I really want to know God, then daily I present myself a living sacrifice. This is what Paul said. I beseech you therefore, brethren, Everybody say, therefore, when he said, therefore, he's talking about everything else that he's already written in the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans. It tells about the incredible love and grace and power of God that talks about how we've been adopted. That talks about how we should be baptized. That talks about how we should be spirit filled, all of these things. And he says, I beseech you, therefore, because I've said all this by the mercies of God. Because God has been so merciful to you that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. If I really want to know God, I'm going to build my life on the mercies of God. I'm going to sink my roots down deep into his mercy. And I'm going to let my new life flow out of that mercy. And if you read on in verse uh, chapter 12, which is, one of the most powerful chapters. It really is the life of Jesus. This is what Jesus did. And he tells us in Romans chapter 12 to, to just show mercy with cheerfulness. Let your love be genuine. Give to the saints. God bless those that persecute you. Weep with those who weep. Associate with the lowly people. Repay no one evil for evil. Don't try and avenge yourself. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. That, that's just the mercies of God. And if I really present my body a living sacrifice. Now there's a reason he said a living sacrifice. Because in the Old Testament, to bring a sacrifice in was to kill it, to shed the blood. And to leave it there. Jesus became our sacrifice and no longer were those sacrifices necessary. Everybody said amen. Once and for all, he shed his blood for you and for me to forgive us and to redeem us. But this is what a living sacrifice is. My eyes belong to the Lord. And on this day, I give my eyes to look for the things of God and for the goodness of God. If your eyes have a problem looking at things that are unholy, that are not holy, that are immoral, that are full of, of pain or that are full of, I give myself a living sacrifice, Lord. My mouth, today my mouth shall be a living sacrifice unto you. I won't cuss. I'm not going to curse people. I'm not going to speak bad of people. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give my mouth to worship you, O Lord. 
my, my brain. I give my brain a living sacrifice. I think on the goodness of God. My feet, my hands, everything about me. I give myself as a living sacrifice. And as we do this, something so amazing happens. We start seeing like Jesus sees. We start seeing people like Jesus sees people. We start recognizing the grace of God and how God has extended his love and his mercy to everyone we see. Everyone we see in the grocery store, everyone we see at the gas station, everyone that we see on the road, we start seeing. and We start really seeing and understanding the weight of how much God loves us. Listen, if you haven't started your journey, start today by loving God, by knowing people, by loving people, by, by just walking with Him and by saying, today I give myself as a sacrifice. Will you stand with me? I want you to know God. And as the prayer team comes around the front here, I'm just going to say a prayer and then I'm going to turn this back to Pastor uh, Andrew to lead us and Pastor Michael come up and close. And and then after the close, I'm going to come back up and talk about prayer. But I want you to know God. That's the beginning of the journey. There's been times that I've gone on journeys and I think about where I'm going. Anybody, when you go on a journey, do you think about where you're going? This is wisdom speaking. You need to think about where you're going. Because if you go on a journey and you don't know where you're going, there's a good chance you're never going to get there. This is what our walk with God is. Our walk with God is knowing where we're going. We're going to eternity. We're living our life now so that it will be with Him forever. And this is what I do. I start just living my life so that it will be pleasing to Him. I know Him. I walk with Him. And He leads me. I want you to know Him. I don't want one person in this room to spend eternity outside of the presence of God. I don't want that. I want you to know Him. I want you to be able to stand at that place one great day when we're all together and to sing praises to Him for eternity. I don't don't want you to go through life not knowing Him. I I don't want you to lay on a deathbed and not know who God is. As a pastor, I'm just telling you right now, I want you to know Him. I want you to walk with Him. And I want God's will I'm going to pray for you. And at the end of my prayer, if if you just want to know him in a greater way, the the prayer team is here to pray with you. Come up and find someone and and let them pray with you so that you can take that next step. Lord, I, I thank you for your presence that I feel in this place today. I I thankful for all of the promises, dear Lord, that if I take one step, if I draw closer to you, you'll draw closer to me. I'm thankful, dear Lord, for those promises that you, oh God, will never leave me nor forsake me. 
I'm thankful, dear Lord, that you love us enough. You gave us this Bible. It's a love letter from you, God, so that we can know who you are. You, you're constantly trying to reveal yourself to us. Even in nature, if we pay attention, you're constantly revealing who you are. And I pray that on this first Sunday of Discover Life, that each and every one of us would develop such a hunger just to know you, that it would just be something that would dominate our thoughts this week when we get in our car. I pray, dear Lord, that when we get in our car, there'll be that thought of, I should worship you, oh Lord. I, I pray, dear Lord, that when we get into our businesses and our places of work, that there would be this thought of, God, I, I want to love these people because I know that I will be uh, closer to you and there'll be revelations that will come just because I'm showing love. I, I, I want to walk with you. I want to hear from you. And, and Lord, I just want you to take my life as a sacrifice. Use me every step of the way. I pray that for each and every person that is in this room on this Labor Day weekend, I pray that you would talk to them and strengthen them and help them. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen.